Hey Mosaic family, it's Caitlin and Zaru here. Please join us as we reflect on the person of Jesus during this Advent season. We'll be going through some of the names of God as they are expressed in Isaiah 40, and we are excited to dive in. What's up, what's up everybody? Is Z and C, Zaru and Caitlin for those of y'all who are wondering what those initials stand for. Uh, as we heard in the lovely bumper, we are here to talk about the person of Jesus in this Advent season. And the first name of God that we're gonna talk about from Isaiah 40 is Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. Cause I felt like that would be a good one to talk about. And quite honestly, I thought it was the first week reflection on the Promise One devotionals we were given on. So that's a little bit of my faux pas. Uh, but yeah, uh, Caitlin and I are excited to just reflect and join in with y'all as supplement to your daily devotionals. Hopefully y'all are reading those every day. I'm going to slide in a little guilt trip here. Mosaic spent their time, their money to get those in your hands. So if you're not reading, then you're not faithful servants of the Lord. In oh, this that, was community. that was really, <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far. Now, read what you want, when you want. Wes will probably be mortified that I said that, but I'm going to leave it in anyway. Love y'all. <laughs> All right. Uh, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining me on yeah, this. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so the first question I got for us today as we think about Jesus as Prince of Peace is, when you think about Jesus as Prince of Peace, what, what comes to your mind? Mm. Yeah, you know what's funny? I, I was thinking about this the past few days, and... I really focused on the word peace, mm -hmm. but not so much the word prince. It's just mm. coming to mind right now. Cause I, I'm wondering, like, I don't actually know what the, I, I don't actually know what the Hebrew translation of that mm -hmm. would be. Like mm -hmm. if it actually is the word prince, because right. prince of peace sounds really great in English, right, like alliteration. Right. right. Um, anyway, that's just kind of like a side thought mm -hmm. that I realized I didn't spend that much time thinking about Jesus as prince, but, um, I'm going to go back to the Bible Project because mm -hmm. I love them. And they do this whole word study series that I think everyone should look at because it's awesome. But they do a, a study on the word peace in Hebrew, mm. which is shalom. Yeah. And it really means like, and this was new for me to understand peace in this way, but it really means wholeness yeah. or completeness. Um that all things are reconciled to each other. Like that is the definition of true peace, Absolutely. right? I think we think of it as, I, I thought of it as absence of conflict right. or um, absence of uh, discord, which is only peace in part, really. Yes. So now when I think about Jesus as Prince of Peace, I think right now it's one of my favorite names for Jesus mm -hmm. because it is so all encompassing. And I actually think there's so much to meditate on just in that one word. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think about, it, it seems like a, like a trite thing to say, all of humanity's questions are answered in Jesus. I actually hate when people say that mm -hmm. because I feel like it doesn't work super well when you're talking to people who don't know the word. Right, right, right. Because they're like, what are you talking about? Things and, and, Things are terrible, right, right. which is true. Right, like, or like when they just super hungry and they're on the yes. side of the road and you have the money to give oh. it to them. Hey, uh, Jesus is your meal. Right. He is your bread. Right. It's like, homie, I just, I'm starving. I got it. <laughs> I got it. Or like, I loved when you did your, um, 
Bible interview with Ashton over mm-hmm. she said, I think we're taught that, you know, if if we have Jesus and we encounter friends who are not believers, that we're supposed to like take them to the Bible right. and then go through and answer all of their questions right. and it doesn't work, which I think is true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that Jesus as Prince of Peace, as the, the, the reconciler of all things to bring completeness and wholeness, is actually a tangible answer to those mm. questions because it's not just wow. questions of like theology or right belief or even like theoretical right or wrong. Yeah. It's like it is the bread to the person for the person who's hungry. That's word. Right? Like it's it actually is it is the it is the promise of wholeness and completeness yeah. that we get to experience in him. And that it just like fills me with hope. Yes. And makes so much more sense than Jesus being like a dictionary of good theology. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, I, that's that's what I was kind of meditating on is Jesus being the tangible answer yeah. to all of humanity's questions and striving, the, cease, the cessation of violence, mm-hmm. the you know feeding of the hungry, the overtoppling of empires of oppression, like it's all, it's, it's everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's exactly right. The shalom understanding of peace is crucial to it because if peace is just the removal of our inner turmoil, which is what many of us desire, right? A lot of us struggle with anxiety, loneliness, depression, and just desire for God to take us out of that muck and mire which I pray for, for myself and for many other people. But if we could just take that next step to understanding the liberation that God actually has in mind for our world today and in for the vision of this new creation that is breaking through Mm -hmm. uh, of the Shalom, it's important. Even when we uh, would in Awana or other forms of studying the Bible growing up, we would just have that one verse from Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. There are plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in a future. And, and we've internalized that message so much and forget that that's God's recommendation, exhortation to the Israelites mm-hmm. to be people of Shalom to their neighboring regions. Yeah, yeah. to actually do that work. To actually do yeah. that work and be that work and participate in what God has created in us mm-hmm. so it can come out of us so that the world can see the glory of the Lord that covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. Yeah. And, and then when you look at like the work as we apply that to the person of Jesus and even what he's doing on the cross, we, we're immediately stretching to passages, which are good, that talk about our justification, which means our declared righteousness before God when Jesus died on the cross. When we express faith in him, it's like at that moment, you're declared righteous. There's right. nothing you can do, nothing like that's the peace with God Romans 5.1 is talking about. But then we forget the Ephesians 2, where it says Christ divided the want, a wall of hostility. In his death, making one new man. This 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 creation where shalom is experienced by all those who uh, carry the banner of his name, carry the childhood of God, and and all of those things. And those are the things that have drawn me towards this image, this metaphor of Jesus as Prince of Peace, the one who's like you said. He that that term is a very all encompassing one for what his ministry is and what he actually does and that can actually satisfy people because it 
makes room for their lived realities. And it, liberation is totally on Jesus's mind. Like I think about Ray Charles' song, Georgia on my mind all the time. I think about <laughs> Jesus singing liberation. Okay. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> on my mind. All right. So I know a couple of y'all will get that. If you don't know Ray Charles, you probably, uh, younger than me or older than me and just don't know good music. All right, back to the program. <laughs> I, I'm just free smoke today. Just throwing shade. Just, just <laughs> yeah. I'm so, I, I, we're here talking about peace and I'm throwing hostility. You're, you're sowing seeds of division yes. out here. Uh, you said something interesting about Jesus as Prince that mm -hmm. we don't think about. And is, is that just an English translation and alliteration that I'm interested in searching up? But an analogy I was thinking about was uh, when I think about princes, I don't actually think peaceful. I think people who perpetuate systems of the monarchy before them. You know what I mean? Like I the, do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I, I'm not really like, oh, yeah, yeah this a prince is who I would think yeah, no. to bring it out. Like right. he's supposed to, uh -huh. but oftentimes they don't because the way these families be clinging for the bag and right. keeping it all in-house and yeah. not really for the peasants. Yeah, so. I think the modern connotation of prince is a person of great entitlement yes. and um, little awareness. Right. So, yeah, for sure. Facts. But the analogy I was thinking of, and I've only read like the first chapter. I can't remember if it's Charles Dickens or another person. Uh, but, um, you know, have you heard of the book The Prince and the Pauper? Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's that scene like he has a twin and uh -huh. all of those things. And they kind of get reversed. Right. And nobody knows because they look the same, but they didn't know they were brothers. And the prince starts to embrace humble circumstances. Yeah. He's not just like, oh, I'll make things better to you. He, he actually knows what it looks like to live in the plight of the poor. Mm -hmm. Man, all of these P alliterations, the plight of the I poor, know. peace, the prince of peace, prince and the pauper, all of it. And that, I don't know, I remember even just being really young. And I was like, if that don't sound like Philippians to mm -hmm. Jesus, uh, a prince, but who voluntarily steps right. into the role of the pauper right. and is like creating peace on earth. I don't know what the rest of the book was like. So maybe the prince who became pauper could have made a lot of ruckus <laughs> i'm only familiar with the barbie princess version of that story so i'm going to refrain from commenting yes but but in, in any way like that's that's the type of prince that brings peace to me that's not separate from the people in the throne room yeah. but is on the ground in the trenches so yeah that's that's what comes to my mind when i think about jesus yeah that's interesting i i'm glad you said that the idea of like reversal yeah. or um subversion because I think, I, I was thinking about this as well, I, it seems to me that the idea of Jesus being, being our shalom, being mm -hmm. our peace, also points, when you start to look at what that actually means, also points to the kingdom of heaven really being an upside down yeah. or subversive kingdom. Right. It takes, right. you know, the last shall be first and yes. the first shall be last. Uh, become like little children. Like mm -hmm. all, the, the way that Jesus humbled himself uh, not just to be human, but to be the least of humans, the, the least yes. among men. And I think that um, this idea of him reconciling all things points to that, the, the subversive nature yeah. of the kingdom of heaven as well. Yes. So I think that's, I, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something I was thinking about was that during Advent, peace is one of those things we acknowledge as a 
result or reality of Christ's coming. But when we're experiencing the opposite of peace in our daily lives, what are some helpful practices that can anchor us in trust that peace is ours in Jesus? Kind of like what we were explicating on in this part, like Jesus is our peace, he's our shalom yeah. and all these things. Are there practices you anchor yourself in to remind yourself when it don't feel like that? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, one of the things that I've been meditating on as well it comes to Jesus as Prince of Peace, mm -hmm. reconciler of all things, he's also reconciling me to himself, Yeah, which means the, the parts and pieces of me that are still hiding in sin or shame or deception or selfishness, he's got to scrape out of there. Mm. And that doesn't feel like peace, right? but it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Like it, that is not comfy. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is painful, it is exposing, it is vulnerable. Yeah. And so one of the practices that I am not good at, but I'm learning to discipline myself to, to practice yeah. is recognizing the sanctification process as Jesus's peace being manifested. That's good. Cause it's not, those things don't get to stay. Like yeah. in, in a world in which all things are reconciled to the father of lights who is can only be around good. Yeah, yeah. You don't get to you don't get to hide away those parts. They have to come out and it's painful. Yeah. Um and that is part of the shalom process and and so I think surrendering to that is crucial. Yeah. Or it's not or yeah. I could not. You know, <laughs> like I could it's truly like or I could just say no, nah, I'm not interested and yeah. and not be formed and mm. not be changed and not experience the shalom here that Jesus offers. Um but I want it. Yeah. So that's part of the process. Whew. Yeah, that's good. The recognizing when Peace feels like violence, mm -hmm. but is actually making a way right. for for the peace you desire. That That is so hard for me, and it requires a lot of stillness to actually do so. I know some yes. of the things that you do and uh, some of the folks in your family, and in our family, our, uh, yes, our, our, our mutual family, our mutual family <laughs> is uh, things like centering prayer mm -hmm. and all these other ways yep. where you are submitting yourself to the processes of yep. self-excavation. And if you sit there long enough and whatever home words you're using like what i do is mercy mm -hmm. like when i'm in my thoughts and i'm distracted by all these things what i come back That's to is mercy yeah. yes mercy mercy and as good as the mercy is it's not like i'm feeling mercy in the sense that oh yeah 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 like there's a calm around me right so it's fine right yeah. what's it what's doesn't feel fine what's coming up is the things i need mercy for <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that yeah. still exist right. and i'm like i wish that wasn't a part of me. And so if I'm going for this pseudo peace, I can avoid, mm -hmm. I can run away and just be, uh, use my extrovertedness and my ADHD neurodivergence as an excuse to be like, that's not gonna work. Not, I, I'm not trying to belittle that. I yeah. do think it's hard for me to center down because of some of those difficulties and inhibitors, but it's not completely debilitating because right. like God can meet me there. He can meet folks like, us there so yeah that's that's another thing the wisdom to learn how to distinguish peace 
from from violence because if healing is just uh not everything's all right if i perceive it as such then we're going to continue to struggle with all those things but if healing becomes a stepping into those horrid realities that we're scared of particularly within us Mm -hmm. then we can make some moves yeah and i you know it's a you bring up a good point which is silence solitude Mm -hmm. the the practice of centering prayer or of you know sitting in silence or um is is just to you're not doing anything. Yeah. Like the point is not doing anything. Right, right. The point is surrendering to what God is doing in you. And yeah. I think, you know, that brings me closer. Those practices bring me closer to Jesus's command to abide in him yeah. in all things, to submit to the, the pruning process of his father. Yeah. Yeah. And that feels like violence, yeah. like cutting and pruning and burning those parts away are, is violent. Mm. And also Jesus promises that he is there. Like mm. he is with, he is not left. He's compassionate. Yeah. Um, but that does not feel like peace. It doesn't feel like peace. Yeah. Another practice I do when I'm worried that Advent hasn't really solved the problem of peace without yeah, yeah. on the out terms, uh, I just realize I do this. I, I, this isn't just like something I do to calm myself, but I'll just look at organizations and nonprofits around the world mm. that are investing in themselves in the liberation of all people. So um, yeah. if y'all have ever seen Pastor West, shout out to my boss, my <laughs> our fearless leader. Our fearless leader, uh-huh. yep. Uh, he wears this crew neck that says people over profit. Uh-huh. And if you've ever seen me wear a hoodie called Be Kind, it's coming from this organization called uh, the happy givers and the leader of that organization is a man named Carlos Rodriguez and uh, he's in Puerto Rico like uh, feeding the hungry every day those who have been attacked by the hurricane and have no home have no shelter and they've been providing spaces for them to experience the love of Christ through the hands of those who follow him. So it's like, all right, so what does looking up those organizations do within you? How does that help you? It's like, all right, there are people in the world who are still struck and moved by this message to intervene, to create peace. They don't just land in this area where it's like, all right, I've got my peace and my joy and feel no responsibility to make that a reality for others. One of the hard things about finally experiencing peace within is you're not obligated to but you're compelled by love like jesus never coerces us to create peace but we are compelled by the way he's lived and what he does in us in order to do that for people so i'll see things like carlos or other people like cole arthur riley who are giving space for people uh particularly in minority black communities to step into these liturgies every day of um God is with us. God is walking through us in the brokenness. God is for us, particularly for disabled people as well. And just all these places, because I know I'm not going to be able to create peace in all the ways I want to see it happen. So just searching those things up as a practice can help me as I'm growing as a person learn, Lord, how, how can I create peace in the world as Zeru? as as your child and stuff so yeah that i didn't realize how much just looking up all these organizations would even be helpful in cultivating that desire and giving me a more clear vision 
in order to do that. Yeah, that's good. I I uh, I love feeling um, encouraged and ins- inspired by the great cloud of witnesses, yes. all the other saints, as yeah. it were. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think the the shalom without you're right. It's a compulsion out yeah. of love. When you experience the the peace of Jesus, you're compelled to love. And I think I, I'm learning that part of creating part of the invitation to participate mm-hmm. in creating shalom and creating peace is to pay attention yeah, and to live a life where you're ready for opportunities instead mm. of going to look for them. And this is something that's like, I've just learned like keeping my lawn nice mm. or like keeping my home, not necessarily sparkling. Yeah. It's not about like presentation, but keeping my home the type of environment by respecting the person that I live with. Right, right, right. Right, by like encouraging each other, by like having things ready to go when someone, to invite people into our home. Yes. Making space to talk to our neighbors. Even down to like, I think Joel does such a great job Mm. with our cats. Yes. Of like, (laughs) he's always looking up like how to improve your bond with your cats. And people come to our house and say like, your cats are so cuddly. Yeah. They don't even feel like cats. And my husband like creates peace in our home by taking really good care of the animals in our care. I love and it. I think Jesus cares about that. Absolutely. Like, we get to we have this privilege to like rule over our land and yeah. have authority over our neighborhoods yeah. in this way that's actually service. And yeah, so, yeah. Paying attention like what kind of people on my street do I want to invite in? What kind of atmosphere can I cultivate in my home every day? Right where someone walks in and senses the peace that's there mm. and feels the invitation of Jesus. Yes. Um, and I, I, I think it matters. Yeah. I just, I think it matters. Yeah. The, that's part of spiritual formation, right? Yeah. Having a life that is, uh, James K. Smith uses this word in his book called, uh, you are what you love. He calls them. Oh, yeah. yeah, reha- yeah. Rehabitations of the spirit. So you're a habituated person that, has just that's become part of who you are right there's a congruity between what you want to become and who you are now because you've just practiced it for so long and and you've been driven by this hospitality and by this ethic of a kingdom that belongs to another Mm -hmm. and not to yourself right and that once you can get along with that and find this leader that you find compelling and worth following that makes it happen. And on and uh, in, in recognizing what Joel does, he really is great at that type of stuff. I I've made it a mission to never speak nicely about him on this podcast, <laughs> but I, I, it's, I, so hard yeah, not to. <laughs> it's just impossible. Yes, it's, it's impossible. Yeah. Joel, Joel, Joel Thomas is a, is a, he's a prince of peace, yes. uh, uh, light. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. lowercase. In that last excerpt, you kind of just like gave us, you were saying being a person whose life is prepared for opportunities of peace. You're not like surprised by it or it's not like this emergency. Yeah. 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 How do you feel like following Jesus turns us into people of peace? Even more specifically, you shared a little bit, but are there other examples and ways you feel like this is a result of me following Jesus and nothing else, not my discipline, not just how I'm wired, but this is Christ. Yeah. I, I think the more time I spend with Jesus, the more I surrender to him, the more I practice those spiritual disciplines of abiding, the more resilient I am mm-hmm. and the less swayed I am by circumstance or mm-hmm. events, the less surprised I am by other people's 
dysfunction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the less judgmental mm. I am, and that prepares me to be a person of confidence and security, which is the only type of person who sows peace. Yeah. A person who is authentic and confident. And I can, I'm really new at that practice. Mm-hmm. So I, it doesn't, it's like maybe 2% of my existence. Mm-hmm. I feel like a person of confidence and security in Jesus. Um, yeah. But I can feel it when it happens. Yeah. And it, it allows me, it allows us, I think, to just, it's, it's spirit empowered. So mm-hmm. it feels almost effortless because it really is a spirit yeah. in you. Um, to, to be an agent of reconciliation, yeah. an yeah. agent of grace, an agent of mercy in all contexts that you find yourself in. I almost never feel it, but I yeah. would like to feel it more. Um, and I think that's what, I think it's the invitation mm-hmm. that Jesus is, is beckoning us into is to be those kind of, that be formed into people like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that honesty is so dope because like a kind of question like that can feel pretty loaded or even leading sure. uh, because it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I could for sure come up with ways that I can make that uh, connection between following Jesus and being a person of peace. But I, I feel that so deeply that it's probably like 2% of the time. And that's even being gracious. Uh-huh, like, you know what I was yeah, saying? I, I feel more yeah. like the skim milk version of feeling <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yes. Jesus peace, the almost just water. And but that desire, it's so, so uh, amidst all my other impure motivations, right? Yes, it's like I right. want to experience Christ. I also want to be. I just want other people to think I'm good. Yeah, I want other people to think I'm good. I, w- sure. I want to be dope yeah. at everything I right. do. And yeah. I do think Jesus uh, enjoys excellence and art and all of those things. But I can also desire it just to be because I'm dope. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I... I was talking to my uncle in Florida just over Thanksgiving break and he was talking about peace and he is a man who's experienced a lot of violence just in this past year. And he was talking about two different encounters with the disciples. And he talked about the peace that makes us calm and the peace that makes us bold. Mm. And he talked about the story when the disciples were in the boat and Jesus was sleeping. And he wakes up and everybody's like, how, how can you sleep? You, you ain't heard the crack of thunder. Right. Uh, like, and Jesus was probably like, of course I did. I made it. I'm just, <laughs> but um, he gets up and he says, be still or whatever. He said, be calm. He just shouts out and the storms obey him. And the people are like, what manner of man is this? They realize there's a lot of power and authority for Jesus to cause calm. But then there's a piece Peter experiences when Jesus is walking on the Sea of Galilee in the storm, and he says, come out. Yeah. And that piece made him bold, of course. And that piece, it was, uh, it was for sure intertwined with fear. Sure. It was intertwined with doubt. But Jesus lifted him right up when he sank again. And I, I was like, now that is a bar, uncle. Like the <laughs> peace that makes us calm and the peace that makes us bold. And I don't know who to connect that to in my life other than Jesus. Um, Because it makes room for the 98% of me that hasn't received or welcomed or has maybe, maybe my traumas have blocked it out. You know what I mean? Maybe other ways of navigating my whole self haven't yet become capable of receiving all that it means to follow him. But I do know 
those times in which I'm walking out in faith to serve my neighbor and it feels effortless. Yeah. It's because he's the one who's been with me the whole time and he's making things calm and he's making us bold. And so, yeah, that's, that's what my reflections on who the Prince of Peace is and what he does is in our life during this advent when it can be so discouraging. Caitlin, do you have any last words for our siblings of Mosaic? I don't. I think you took it home. Well, we love y'all. Hope this is a blessing to your week. And enjoy celebrating Advent with your families. Grace and peace.